0: This is uh, Eddie Ride, Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, we have Hayward Evans from the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, and Claude Berfick from the King County Labor Council, Executive Committee of the King County Labor Council, and also first Vice President of the CL King County branch of the NAACP. Our first guest is candidate uh, Bruce Harrell, who uh, served uh, as uh, President of the, of the CL City Council. And uh, so Bruce, we have a uh, uh, candidate here, we have a few questions we'd like to ask you. and. Uh, we are going to let Hayward Evans ask the first question. So, Hayward, are you on the line? Well, I guess he's on mute, so I'll ask the first question then. Uh, In terms of uh, affirmative action, uh, and as mayor of the city of Seattle, we know that there's been a uh, drastic underserving of uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved. We have eight disparity studies, primarily done by the state, that prove that discrimination has existed and has not been remedied Uh, that has been allowed by the state Supreme Court in 2003. So just want to know, what would you do to ensure that there'd be equal opportunity for all the Seattle citizens as mayor of the city of Seattle?
1: Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on your show and and for the opportunity to explain our candidacy. And I think, uh, Eddie, and I want to preface my remarks by saying um, I want to thank you and the panelists for all of the work that they've done in Seattle and in the King County in our state of Washington for even making sure the grounds are fertile enough for me to run a potentially winning candidacy as a person from the African American community to be the next mayor of Seattle. So I want to thank you for, for laying down the, the groundwork. And so to answer your question directly, I think number one, that we have to realize that the playing field is not equal. And despite what people would suggest that, particularly for the African-American community, but for other communities of color, that the ability to compete for contracts and to display their goods and services is not equal, it's still not fair. And so you will see, and I think this is what excites people about my candidates. candidacy, as someone that's been working in this space, so passionate about making sure we could build wealth opportunities for our community and for our small businesses drive policies and specifically in our office of economic development we will do a deep dive in our communities to find out how we can get our fair share of contracts goods and services distributed to throughout the city and throughout the state and throughout the country so we will assign assign accounts we'll make sure that we have uh, we measure our outcomes from a percentage standpoint we'll make sure each department within the city Uh, provides a very clear roster on how well they are doing for our community. We will use our ethnic media as a strategic tool to make sure we are evangelizing our goods and services. And again, using this new voice that we will have, we will work with the port and the University of Washington and the state and the county and make sure that they catch up with us in terms of how we, we are displaying our goods and services in our community.
0: And I'd like to see if either Claude
2: or Hayward has a question. Uh, yes, Bruce, this is Claude Burfecht. How you doing today?
1: Um, Very good, Claude. Nice to hear from you.
2: Good, good. Uh, my question is, uh, on July 28th, several uh, new police accountability bills went into effect in Washington State, changing some of the ways police officers can interact with the public. In particular, and I, I, I use these bills as a reference, uh, House Bill 1310 uh, uses uh, now uses uh, the use of force. House Bill 1054, and that is the use of certain police tactics. My question is, what is your position on police reform here in
3: Seattle?
1: Thank you, Claude, and I know you've worked in this space for decades. And what you see in Olympia is what happens when representation occurs. We have the most diverse set of legislative officials throughout the state now, and in this situation, passed 12 major reforms in police reform. And again, many of you know that I've been very protective of our, our community from unreasonable force, unreasonable search and seizures. Uh, unreasonable use of violence. And so, again, we are under a federal consent decree, I think many knows, and that is exactly why I, I uh, proposed and passed the bias-free policing law. Uh, this counts not just what are known as Terry stops or stop and thrifts, but who's being stopped for routine traffic stops. And the city right now, as we speak, are not pushing that legislation and measuring it. Now, you may recall I was the first proponent of body cameras because I've always said that what our officers do to our community, I want to capture that as evidence. And so under our administration, we're going to revisit the use of body cameras because I want to make sure that they are more commonly and more um, effectively used. Um, We will measure again under my bias-free policing law who is stopped and why they are stopped and, and be very granular on how force is used. But most importantly, Claude, most importantly, we will change the culture within the police department such that they understand that they are here to protect our community. And we are going to do a more aggressive job in recruiting from our community to make sure that we have a new kind of officer. And, and many of these officers will not have a gun and badge. Some will, but we're going to have a public safety officer that's going to be a certified position, such that we can now recruit from our communities and, and hire our own to protect our own communities, who will be a master at de-escalation and mediation. They will be culturally competent, and we're going to change the culture in Seattle Police Department.
3: Hey, well,
0: you have the last
3: question. And, Bruce, yes, as mayor, uh, what strategies would you uh, put in place to address the issues of homelessness?
1: Yeah, this is where, this is the number one issue that keeps coming up on the debate. And again, you're going to see me using some of the same culturally competent organizations to reach communities that can't be reached. We're going to look at the root causes of homelessness, whether it's drug addiction. We know that in the 70s and 80s that there was an intentionality based on the drugs that poured into our communities. So you're going to see a very aggressive outreach in terms of substance abuse and, 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 and making sure mental illness isn't treated. We will build 1,000 units within the first six months, two, uh, 2,000 units within the first year. We will make sure people have heat and have water. Uh, we will move them out of parks, out of, off of sidewalks, out of playgrounds, and be very aggressive. We are spending north of $300 million to solve this problem. I have to bring in some people that are just more effective and more committed to housing our community. And we do know that our community, particularly the African-American community have a disparate impact in terms of this work. So all hands on deck, I'll be calling on you three great leaders and many others to help us do this work. Our plan is polished. It will be effective and we will implement best practices right here in Seattle.
0: Well, uh, <clears throat> candidate, uh, Bruce, Harrell, uh, uh, you want to take a couple more minutes to, to add to any of the programs that you might want to try to implement? Just a, a skeletal view, not the in-depth kind of thing, but just uh, three or four sure. things that you can think of that you want to implement as soon as you take office?
1: Absolutely. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why I'm most excited and our community seems to uh, to project back the excitement of some of the things we're doing. Now, number one, we're going to create a settled job center where our young adults and even middle-aged or more senior people if they want to think about where the grant opportunities are, the free grant opportunities, the training, the opportunities for them to retool themselves or find jobs. We're going to create a department within the city to centralize this effort. My opponent opposed that and saying, well, there's LinkedIn and there's where there's indeed where they're not they're not proposing these those websites are not proposing some of the apprenticeship programs that's pay six figures where our community wants to take advantage of our port and maritime opportunity as an example. Okay, so the Seattle Jobs Center will be a game-changer for our community. The other piece of the work we're doing is the Seattle Promise where we're paying tuition free for our kids to go to school for a year after they finish high school. Well, I started that program and you're gonna see me find, through philanthropic dollars, more money to be able to help all communities And last, the relationship capital that I bring into the mayor's office. As many of you know, I've been around here for decades and decades, and I am talking to major employers, small businesses, and making sure that our communities have access and contracts and economic opportunities with all of these businesses in our community. We're not trying to drive jobs and drive businesses out of Seattle. We want to take advantage of that. That's what economic development is all about. So what excites us most for our community, it's finally get those economic development pathways open to us. And again, I want to thank the three of you for, again, as I started this conversation, laying the pathway for me to exceed. And please, our community, we, they need to vote. They need to vote for me. And let's make history in this city.
0: Thank you very much, uh, candidate Bruce Here We appreciate your time today. So uh, we'll see you on the campaign trail. Okay. okay. Uh you. Uh, our next guest, I think we have Hamdi Muhammad, who is a uh, candidate for a Seattle court uh, uh, position uh, number one. Is Hamdi on the line with us?
4: I am on.
0: Hi, Hi Hamdi. We, we all have uh, uh, Claude Burpee, uh King County Labor Council, first vice president of the Seattle King County President of the NAACP, Haywood Evans with the White State Civil Rights Coalition and the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. So I will let uh, Haywood ask the very first question to
3: you regarding the Port commission. Uh, As port commissioner, what would your priorities be?
4: Thank you for the question, Mr. Hayward. Um, Before I begin, I just wanna say good afternoon to all of the listeners. Mr. Eddie Rye, thank you for the invitation to share my candidacy for the Port of Seattle. You all are living legends. And as a black immigrant, I stand on your shoulders. And so many of our African-American elders who have paved the way for me to be here. Um, I'm running for the Port of Seattle Commission position three um, because I have the lived and professional experience to help the Port of Seattle recover from the pandemic and to ensure that investments are going where the needs are greatest and my priorities include um, workers rights and protection, economic development, environmental justice, addressing the climate crisis that we are in, and ensuring that we have a safe and welcoming port. Um, I'd like to establish re-entry programs for COVID-19 impacted workers and invest in specialized schools to help prepare our youth to enter the workforce and address the labor crisis that we are seeing today Um, around economic development. My priorities are expanding economic development and incubator programs and partnerships with our local cities. And I hope to establish the first ever small business recovery task force to look at some of the barriers to receiving a port contract and also increasing small business contracting opportunities at our port.
0: Okay, I wanna see if, uh... First Vice President Claude Burfict has the next question. You guys are slow out the box. <laughs> so uh, you just mentioned that uh, you would do something to increase the opportunities at the Port of Seattle. Uh, you know there are two or three, maybe four mega firms at the port that have minorities under them. Uh, and we understand right now, there can call us uh, uh, ACDB is airport concessionaires, disadvantaged business enterprises, and the complaint has been is that they're in. Uh, the, and the locations with the slowest traffic, even though it's extended their leases, they don't have the same traffic as uh, the other uh, larger firms. What could you do to bring about economic parity for those folks?
4: Yeah, and I've, I've met with a number of those business owners, as well as um, innovators and uh, folks who are interested even stepping into the port and looking for new opportunities at the Port of Seattle. Uh, really, what I intend to do is by establishing the first ever small business recovery task force is having um, policy folks, business owners, and um, other leaders in our community to come together to assess some of the, the existing barriers that um, the businesses that already have contracts at the Port of Seattle are facing, and that we together come up with some of the some of the solutions to address those those barriers. Um, A lot of our businesses and already um, community experts have some of the solutions in mind. It's they're looking for leadership to help um, be a strong advocate to ensure that those barriers are being addressed and investments are being made in ways that um, support uh, their business being able to grow in the port of Seattle. And so I will look to them as a partner and be able to, um, what I hope to do is to collaborate with them to help address, um, some of the existing challenges that they're facing, especially during this pandemic.
0: Okay. I want to see if Claude Burfing has the next question.
2: Yes. Uh, um, the, uh, my question is, there is such a tremendous disparity, uh, in jobs, um, uh, out at the port. For example, uh, I looked at a study saying that there's uh, 4,000 compared to 80 uh, Black, 4,000 whites compared to 80 Black employees. What are you going to do to bridge that uh, disparity?
4: Yeah, that is that is a great question. And um, there's about 75 ports in um, in our state. And if elected, I will become the first black woman to ever hold any port commission position. And um, you know, addressing issues of uh, diversity, increasing inclusion are all top priorities for me with the impact of COVID-19. It is vital for the port to build an inclusive workforce that promotes a career Connected education, equitable access to employment, and expanding diversity um, and contracting for all people. Right, um, for us to participate in a highly competitive global market at our highest capability, we must be represented by the full breadth of our community. If you look at the port's leadership today, there is only one black person that sits on that that um, that leadership. Uh, position, And that's Lance Little. And, you know, we know our community is, is diverse. Um, we know that King County is made up of folks from all over the world, and the port has to reflect that and for me what I am looking forward to doing is creating pathways to permanent jobs and pathways to promotion, ensuring that folks have um, the resources and the opportunities to step into leadership opportunities when they become available. I will also support increasing diversity and contracting standards that calculate the impacts of COVID-19 and equitably um, prioritizing women and minority-owned businesses to match the, the scale of the impact Um, Also, utilization of priority hire, um, investing in apprenticeships and education programs, and bolstering also the South King County Fund are all integral steps to ensure that we are not taking steps back um, in the fight for inclusivity in the port's workforce.
3: Edward Evans, you have the last question. Uh, Yeah, in this day and time, uh, Madam, if you become commissioner, what can be done in terms of police enforcement. You see how everything's acting right now regarding uh, police. How many African-Americans or people of color are on the uh, police force there? And how are we going to increase it? I go by the airport. I don't see any of us.
4: Yeah. Great question. I mean, you know, personally, I am a Black immigrant Muslim woman, and I live at the intersections of three heavily criminalized and oppressed identities that are often invisible when it comes to data, when it comes to policies and discussions. Um, I will use my position to address the racial inequities that exist, um, the top three policy actions that I would take to address some of the, the police issues that we are seeing is I intend to one, um, serve on, serve and contribute to the port's new uh, task force on policing and civil rights and take actions to implement um, the task force recommendations to reform um, the, the port police department and to answer your question directly even addressing some of the hiring issues that we are seeing folks from our community also part of those departments and doing that across the board will be all priorities of mine. Tackling systems of racism and police violence um, involves substantially investing in communities of color to, you know, break cycles of generational poverty, right? And it's also looking to our community stakeholders and organizations as the experts to helping us address some of the issues that we are seeing. And so what I hope to be is a port commissioner with my boots on the ground, out in community and working in partnership and looking to our community as thought partners who have the answers to some of the, the, the pressing issues that we're facing.
0: Well, thank you, Candidate Hamdi Muhammad. The time is up. We all have everybody the same amount of time. Thank you very much. Uh, she's a candidate for Seattle Pork Commission, position uh, number three, correct?
4: That's correct. Thank you, Mr. Okay. Senator. Thank
0: you very much for your time today. We appreciate you.
4: Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. O- okay. Our next guest is also a candidate for CL Pork Commission. Do we have Mr. Norman Ziegler on? Uh, yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, good. I want to let you know that uh, Haywood Evans from the uh, We'll be asking questions. Hayward Evans is with the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee and the Washington Civil Rights Coalition. Claude Burfik is the first vice president of the CL King County Branch of the NAACP and with uh, the King County Labor Council. So I'd like to go ahead and ask uh, Hayward Evans to ask the first question.
3: Uh, first, thank you for being here with us today. What would be your top priorities as a commissioner and how how would your priorities impact communities of color?
5: Yes, thank you for uh, the invitation, Uh, Mr. Wright, to be on your show and uh, gentlemen. And my priorities are to, one, get the port to carbon neutrality by 2030 instead of the current plan of 2050. Climate change is here. We had two massive storms just now off the West Coast, which were the largest storms ever recorded. And that damaged uh, cargo ships. Forty containers were lost. So uh, climate change is impacting how we live right now, so we need the port to carbon neutrality sooner rather than later. Uh, that will be a huge uh, uh, focus of mine. Uh, my second priority is to uh, eliminate the impacts uh, of port operations on uh, people of color in the communities surrounding the port. Uh, right now, I've heard from a lot of constituents, especially that live around the airport, about the noise pollution and the particulate pollution. The University of Washington, in conjunction with the Social Profit Front and Center, have done a study on uh, air pollution and the impacts on our communities. And it shows that most communities of color are the ones that bear the brunt of this type of pollution. So I'd like to designate a portion of the $670 million operating budget that the port has every year uh, to mitigate those concerns. And then I'd also like to uh, use some of the port profits because the port actually makes a profit uh, the money's uh, supposedly designated into reinvestment in port operations, but I like to invest those into an incubator that will incubate businesses owned by women and uh, black, indigenous, and other people of color uh, that will eventually do business at the port. So they could be retail at the airport, they could be maritime businesses, but we need more black and brown people owning businesses that do business at the port and more women as well. So those are my three priorities as a candidate. I'm also running as the aviation candidate because I'm the only uh, candidate for the commission that has direct aviation experience. T-TAC International Airport represents about 80% of all of port operations, including the container, the cruise terminals, the fisherman terminal. So we need somebody that really understands aviation. I've worked for three airlines, including Alaska and Delta. And uh, again, in the last 20 years, we've never had a commissioner with direct aviation experience.
0: I would like to ask Claude Berkeley from the NAACP to ask the next question.
2: Okay, uh, I'm going to ask the same a similar question that I did to Amdi. Uh, what is your position on the disparity that exists out there at the port uh, as far as uh, 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 Black employment? There is such a tremendous disparity where there is overwhelming uh, number of whites compared to blacks. When you talk about 4,000 compared to 80, that is a tremendous disparity. So what are you going to do to kind of bridge that disparity? Uh,
5: yep. So um, uh, my experience is as an executive recruiter, I own clear biz. We help organizations in the future sound area diversify their leadership team. So I will bring that expertise uh, to the executive director and put into his contract or her contract, whoever it will be, uh, that they must look at all of the port operations through a social and justice lens uh, to make sure that we have equity in hiring, equity in promotion, and equity in placement uh, of voices uh, within the port staff. Uh, That's the airport, maritime, all over the place. Uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, equality, and I feel that black and brown people have been left aside, historically excluded uh, from prosperity uh, in our capitalistic system, and that needs to change. And so I will be a voice. I will welcome your uh, ideas. I will be that voice at the table uh, for people who have been historically excluded. Hey, what happens? You have the next question.
3: Yeah. In this in this day and time, when we look and see what's going on in terms of law enforcement. What could be done to recruit more people of color in the uh, Port of Seattle's police department? Because I don't see many of us out there.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, with recruiting, again, that's my rule house. I help organizations recruit and uh, they come to me. They're like, we need to diversify our leadership team. And they've been at it recruiting for 25 years and they have an all white team. And I'm like, well, you've got to do things differently. And so I will work with the the port, the head of the police, to make sure that, one, we have a police chief uh, that really understands the role of diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, in staffing a police force. Last summer, the world witnessed the death of George Floyd at the knee of law enforcement and came out in protests en masse that the world has never seen before. We have to continue that. Uh, We cannot have police Uh, that are there to attack and um, harm uh, people of color, uh, no matter who the people of color are. And so I will make sure that the executive has in his contract that they put into the new police chief's contract uh, that they must adhere to new equity, diversity and inclusion uh, goals. And part of that is recruiting officers that look like uh, the people that they're serving.
0: Well, Mr. Ziegler, uh, uh, you know, uh, congratulations on your past accomplishments and good luck in this race. Uh, can you leave uh, our, our potential voters your contact information, the, your website, how they can get more information about your candidacy?
5: Yes, I can. Uh, my website is uh, normansiglerforport.com and my phone number is 206-414-9159. Uh, if they have, people have questions, I've been answering questions uh, since ballots have dropped. And they're pretty interesting questions. Uh, one of the big questions I've gotten is uh, if the port makes profits, which it does, why do they need the $76 million in property taxes from us? And that's a great question. I think that if we do make a profit as a port, it needs to go back to the shareholders, which are the citizens. So if we spend $100 on taxes and we can give you back $110, I think that's a good investment. So, port oh, you, is know, you know, for Port.com, and I appreciate any support uh, that you have.
0: Okay, Mr. Norman Ziegler, we appreciate you and good luck in your race for the Seattle Port Commission. So thank you very much much. for your time today. Uh, Okay, uh, Eric, we're we're gonna take a break and come back after this.
6: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.com. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why
7: sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City Tukwila and the airport, Link Live Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
6: Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: All right, Eddie Ryan right back at Urban Forum Northwest with my of my sidekicks and co-hosts, Hayward Evans and Claude Burphy. I do want to thank uh, me and Rice, you just heard from the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office. Uh, Liz Alzir, Carol Wong, Jesse Mark, and all those folks at uh, Seattle and Carmen Prusinski. they're all at uh, uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office. Uh, Leslie Jones and Jonte Robinson are running labor and civil rights at Sound Transit. Uh, Stephanie Ogle does our website, and then we also have the Friends at the Airport. Uh C-Tag Bar Group LLC, which operates the Africa Lounge Mount, Mountain Room Bar, and Dave Pukahara and Concord Concessions with a plethora of sites at the airport need to be in higher traffic areas. So uh, I, I also want to let you know that we'll have a, uh, there's a mothers for uh, the mothers justice show, mothers for police accountability, Rev. Harriet Walden having their uh, annual breakfast on, uh, November 4th, which is uh, next Thursday. It's going to be at, uh, El Centro de la Raza. And so we do have, uh, Ms. Ann Davison, uh, Seattle uh, attorney, a tender for Seattle attorney. Uh, but, uh, our time is limited. So I'd like to have you, first of all, uh, just tell us, uh, a little bit about your background and what your priorities would be, uh, as Seattle city attorney. Yes.
8: And thank you. I apologize for the, for maybe the miscommunication on our end about the format, so I appreciate you making me uh, available on the phone. Um, and I'm really happy to be speaking with you and your listeners this afternoon. Thank everyone, for being civically engaged, learning about uh, what's going on for local governance, the, the things that impact us on our daily life. I've lived here in Seattle for uh, the past 25 years, 17 of those as a lawyer, uh, and 10 and 12 of those as a mom. Uh, and I, as a lawyer, I've been a civil attorney on the uh, what I like to call the preventative side, which is the advisory role, uh, giving people legal advice, talking about creative strategies of of how to uh, be preventative so they're not uh, in court and litigation, making sure that they are uh, following our laws that set forward, and and helping them uh, navigate sometimes the complexities there. Uh, and I'm I want to let you know why, why I'm running to be Seattle City Attorney. I think that we need to have. Uh, a level of professionalism and nonpartisan leadership so we can have civility, livability, and respect return to our city. Uh, I'm not someone who's a partisan. I'm an independent thinker, Seattle mom, and not an activist ideologue. I think this approach is vitally important to implement our laws and enhance public health and safety in, in Seattle. Um, when it's talking about what the role of city attorney is in the background, uh, the city attorney is rarely in court. It is a leadership uh, role. It is a managerial role. Uh, to guide our uh, the, one of our our law firm for our city on um, both the civil side and the criminal side, uh, and so in my years, 17 years as a lawyer and as an arbitrator, uh, that's something that I'm I'm quite used to doing, providing that legal advice and making sure we can uh, manage problems in a way that is going to be pre- preventative in nature. Uh, that's significant for us.
0: Uh, let you know that we are uh, our panelists are Hayward Evans with uh, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, the Washington State Civil Rights Coalition, and Claude Burfick with uh, the first vice president of the Seattle King County Branch of the NAACP, and with the executive committee of the King County Labor Council. And I'll have Claude Burfe ask the first question.
2: Uh, Miss Davidson, my question is that you know the state legislature just passed. Uh, legislation on a couple of bills on the police accountability bills and one is House house Bill 1310 and the other is House Bill 1054. That is the use of force by the police. What is your position on uh, police reform here within the city of Seattle?
8: Well, it is one that is critical as we are talking about the future of Seattle, our city that's close to 800,000 people. uh, And and we get there by making sure that we can have conversation and accountability. And when we demonize someone, I think we're not going to get the best results of accountability. We have to move forward in a way for a just and equitable Seattle. And that means safety and accountability. And that means reform and accountability. Uh, and, and I think that's an important aspect when we're talking about people who have chosen an occupation in law enforcement. We want them to work towards a multidisciplinary approach so they can partner with community groups, building towards relational policing so that we can have oversight uh, there. And, and that is the way that we can provide safety for the public uh, and oversight there and, and move towards a way to have that police reform that is responsive to every sector of Seattle. Uh, because everyone deserves to have safety, uh, regardless of season of life, sector of Seattle, all across. And I think that we get there again in a way that is a collaborative way where we can hold people accountable uh, when we have invited people to be part of the solution.
0: Hey, Evans will have the last question.
3: And uh, first, thank you for being here. You know, as a city attorney, in light of the impact of uh, I-200 on communities of color, what is your position on affirmative action for the city of Seattle and what type of enforcement would come out of the office with you as attorney general?
8: Well, as city attorney, it's important to know that we have some, some great uh, legislation that's there for us, making sure that we are an equal opportunity employer. And, and that is important to make sure we maintain that at all, at all areas. We have our fair employment practices. Our Washington Law Against Discrimination, our Civil Rights Act, our Age Discrimination, uh, Employment Act, those are all things that are significant. We want to make sure we are doing that in a way that provides the racial and social justice that we, we all want to see going forward in the city. Because, again, when we are inviting people to be part of that solution in ways that are creative, uh, acknowledging what our past has been and knowing that we need to be making choices that are heading us in a different direction for that. Uh, it is significant. That's involving whether that's hiring, that's contracting. Uh, those are all those uh, those avenues there that we can use. And I want to make sure people hear from me directly that my door is open because I, uh, I know that I'm not going to have all those answers. I need to be hearing from people in the community as to what are your ideas and how we can make sure it is implemented in a way that is uh, bringing that positive impact.
0: Candidate Nan Davison, I would like to have you uh, take this minute to share with our listeners how they can see get more information on you, your campaign, and also how they can be in touch with your campaign.
8: Yes, I do thank everyone for, for listening and, and letting me take part in this radio show and look forward to doing it again, uh, particularly uh, if elected, I really look forward to doing that soon. You can see more of the campaign at Neighbors for Ann, it's ann.com is the website and any social media platform it's Neighbors for Ann. Uh and I really do appreciate the support. People can contact me and and our team. We are daily talking to people and I go out and do business walks in all neighborhoods. Uh I come out and and want to walk on you know with people on their sidewalks in their areas and their neighborhoods and their business districts. So I can understand what is the impact uh, in regards to what I can handle at the city attorney's office if elected, and I so look forward to doing that. Thank you for your time well, so much.
0: Okay, uh candidate so Ann Davidson, thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate your uh, appearance on Urban Forum Northwest, and be hoping to talk to you in the future. So have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon.
8: Yes, thank okay. you so
0: much. Okay, all right, uh, Eric. Have we been joined by Jacqueline Howard and Dr. Berry? We have Dr. Chesla Berry.
9: Chelsea Berry, yes, Chelsea sir.
0: Chelsea Berry, okay. And Chelsea Berry and Miss Howard are both members of uh, the 60th anniversary commemoration of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s only uh, trip to Seattle in uh, November of 1961, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. I keep getting the dates wrong, and Lonisha will be saying, it's the wrong date. It's the wrong date. Dr. Berry, why don't you just take a minute and share with our listeners a little bit about your background, what you're doing right now professionally?
9: Absolutely, and it's such an honor and pleasure to be here with you all. My name is Dr. Chelsea Berry. I am the Dean of STEM and business at Seattle central college. I have served in this administrative capacity for about three years. And so that's the amount of time that I've been in the area. I moved from Washington, DC. I worked at Howard university and I am a Mississippi native. And I'm so proud to be part of this commemoration and celebration, because what I learned that there are so few degrees of separation from each of us, we all have a little Southern in us. And so I just connect with everyone in that capacity. And so it's wonderful to be able to connect with with the team and the community in this commemoration of Dr. uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's visit to Seattle, Washington.
0: Thank you. And we've we've also been joined by uh, uh, Jacqueline Howard, who is a vice president for for Starbucks. And she's also on the committee. So we'd like to have you introduce yourself that's Jacqueline Howard
10: okay I want to make sure you can hear me okay because I can take my oh, yeah. audio you're cool. you're, okay very you're good cool. well well, thank you uh Mr. Rye for inviting myself and my friend Dr. Chelsea Berry um yes I am Jacqueline Howard I've been here in Seattle for four years I do work at Starbucks I'm the vice president of what I call direct sourcing but also part of the global supply chain I think everyone knows the supply chain is now thanks to the pandemic, uh, but I'm honored, uh, su- supremely honored to be part of this planning team and also part of the events that will be occurring in less than two weeks in our great city of Seattle.
0: And I would like to go back to Dr. Berry and, and give uh, our listeners, and then we fill in uh, later on with your perspective and your information, uh, Jacqueline Howard, but uh, give us an idea of uh, what the event is going to look like, and talk a little bit about the committee that both of you serve on, Hayward and I also on the committee. <laughs> but, so anyway, can we do that?
9: Yes, sir, absolutely. And and i like to share as a non-native of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, I've had the great opportunity to learn about the excellent history and influence of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in this area. His visit to Seattle 60 years ago made such an indelible impact on Washingtonians as well as uh, the systems within the state. And so I've had the pleasure of learning about the real history of Dr. MLK Way, which is the main street on which I live. And I've learned that history from you, Mr. Eddie Rye and and Councilman Larry Gossett and Dr. Phyllis Beaumont and so many others. And I've also learned from the elders who were actually in the audience and in the presence of Dr. King during his visit. So this 60th commemoration of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's visit to Seattle will be a platform for the community to glean wisdom from the elders who model after Dr. King, as well as learn of ways to be uh, community and service driven. This is an intergenerational celebration and a call to action, inclusion, and empowerment. So working on the committee with such a wonderful and uh, very talented team of people has not only made an impact on me, The celebration that's coming up in less than two weeks, everyone will have the opportunity to see how much went into it and how much we're going to gain from it. And so uh, the details of the Celebration, we're so happy that they're listed on the website. There is space for everyone, families, friends. Elders, community, church members. On the first day, we have an opening ceremony where we're inviting folks out to the MLK Memorial Park to really come together and convene as community. Learning. What day is that, uh, Doctor Barry? Sure, it's November sixth. is that a Saturday? That is a Saturday. Okay,
0: uh, and and then uh, I want uh, to get some more information from. Uh, Jacqueline Howard, in terms of any other parts of the committee, because I also want to get a Reverend Harriet Walden, who's another freedom fighter, who's standing by. They have a big event coming up. I tell you what, can we get this uh, uh, announcement about the Mothers for Police Accountability? They have a breakfast uh, coming up on next Thursday on the 4th. I want to make sure that Reverend Harriet Wall, who hosts uh, Mother's Justice Show on this program every Monday. So uh, Reverend Harriet, are you on?
11: I'm on. Yes,
0: Okay. Well, yeah, why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners. Uh, Ms. Jacqueline Howard from Starbucks is on the line and Dr. Chelsea Berry from Seattle Central College is on. So that would be some good folks for you to have in your uh, in, as your supporters in the future. But why don't you uh, quickly share with us about the breakfast that's coming up
11: yeah the breakfast for mothers justice breakfast uh is next uh thursday uh at 7:30 a.m. at uh, el centro de la rosa the plaza uh, uh and uh, it's the centella on the uh, on the plaza on 1600 south Um Um Roberta fiesta plaza there at, um, at el centro and uh, we i will be offering we will be awarding uh the first annual Thurgood Marshall Justice Awards to the uh, Washington State Black Caucus because they got it done. The Washington Coalition for Police Accountability—they uh, were instrumental in working in Olympia this year with the, getting the laws passed. And we were honoring Paul Benz, a lifetime community uh, lifetime uh, community servant. Um, and our website is www.motherss.onmothersforpoliceaccountability.org. Uh, All that information is there on that website. Uh, people can uh, uh, can buy a ticket uh and uh, also um uh, and they can uh you know donate to mothers uh, for our calls uh, for all the work that we've been doing here for the last 31 years. And I thank you uh also our number is two oh six uh three eight is mother's hotline is two oh six three two nine two oh three three. Uh Mr. White, thank you so much. Uh okay uh, thank you then. Right. Okay, we're going
0: to go back to Martin Luther King, commemoration of Dr. King's uh, att- uh, anniversary visit 60 years ago. So, we're going to go to uh, Ms. Jacqueline Howard, uh, VP of Starbucks, and ask her about uh, some of the events that will be occurring.
10: I'll, I will definitely do that. Um, I want to make sure my audio is still okay. Yes. Oh, you're cool. All right. All right. I was always want to check. You know, it's virtual world, is something else. So, on that, I just actually put in the chat, and I know we can probably say it out loud too there is a website that is up and running. So that the community can just tap in there and find out what these great events are, but we will go over those right now. So as our, my, my partner in, in, in this event goes, uh, Dr. Chelsea Berry and the formidable Anisha Dela Barletum has been just amazing to put this weekend together. Uh, so let's talk about it. So Saturday, we are going to be doing a hygiene for humanity supplies drive. Uh, We have uh, a bit of work to do in our community to service those that need our help. And so, as opposed to what we're going to do was a cleanup on MLK Drive, we're going to actually collect hygienic materials for people who need it most. We'll have details about those drop points along the weekend so people can participate as families, as schools, as community uh, participants. We'll have an opening ceremony as well on Saturday. And on Sunday, we'll be talking through what uh, Dr. King's route looked like when he was here in Seattle 60 years ago. So there'll be a a walking or a bike tour to stop by all those places where he served the community with his great words of wisdom. We'll have a prayer vigil in our um, community as well on Sunday. And then on Monday, we will have his son, Martin Luther King III, participate live and in person here in Seattle he will have a press conference and then a keynote speaking engagement. So I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, what an amazing legacy we're going to have his son participate in this community where he came to visit, his father came to visit 60 years ago. And I want to draw the attention also to the fact that when he came, times were still troubled. There were things going on in our community here in Seattle that were troublesome. We had we had uh, redlining going on. We had covenances in a lot of the neighborhoods that would not allow people of color, black indigenous or Asian to live. And so there's a lot of legacy we have to understand that we are just learning about ourselves. And so I implore everyone to take the time to go on to the archives that are available to listen to um, the Reverend Samuel McKinney, who was the one that invited Dr. King to come to this great city and let him hear, let let you you hear his talk about how turbulent the times were when his visit was here in 1961.
0: Where will Martin Luther King III be speaking? Okay. Has that been you determined? Told... I'm sorry? Has that been determined where, Doc, where yes.
10: Martin Luther King uh, III will be speaking? Dr. Chelsea, help me out. Do we have that nailed down? Because I want to make sure that I'm not speaking about that location.
9: Those details are on the way. And as okay. soon as we have them, the, uh, the website will be updated. He is coming, though it's confirmed, on Monday, November 8th.
0: And uh, we will also, uh, Lanisha de who has been outstanding in terms of putting together our committee uh, and putting this whole thing together. So she's working right now on getting an interview uh, with Martin Luther King III. So uh, I tell you what, uh, I I wanna make sure I I appreciate both of you. And I wanna get both of you back on here to talk a little bit more about what you're doing, uh, because it's good to expose our role models uh, to the broader community. And you're able to have a sister lady vice president at Starbucks, have another sister lady, that's uh, the dean of one of the uh, programs at Seattle uh, Central College. Uh, this is the kind of role models and kind of information that we want to share with our community. To, uh, like Jesse Jackson say, we got to keep hope alive. And uh, a lot of times it's easy to read books and go online and see stuff, but it's even better to come on Urban Forum Northwest and see and hear uh sisters and other folks uh, from our community who are succeeding so uh i want to thank uh uh during this whole conversation we've had hayward evans uh the Martin Luther king commemoration committee and all the washington civil rights coalition and also claude berkeley the first vice president of the naacp Mm -hmm. and also uh with the executive committee of the king county labor council have participated on a candidates forum we hosted today before you came on the air but i want to thank both of you and i want to have both of you back so we can have a more detailed interview uh, because all the programs on Urban Forum Northwest are archived for one year. This program will repeat on Saturday morning, seven to eight. And then next week, Stephanie Ogle does a website, and Eric will have this program posted up so that uh, you can hear it again. But I'm looking forward to having a more in-depth interview with both of you. And I wanna thank both of you for your contributions to this uh, commemoration of uh, Dr. King's visit 60 years ago. And as soon as you guys get the information, I'll keep feeding it out uh, to let people know exactly what's been going on. So thank you very much. We, we appreciate it. You share
9: the website. Can we share the website? Go right ahead, go ahead, go right ahead. yes. The website is namnw.org backslash, forward slash, excuse me, MLK 60. So that's N-A-A-M-N-W dot O-R-G forward slash MLK 60. Okay,
0: now, does that, do we have a Facebook page for this event as well?
10: Yes, why don't we just send that to you? Do you want a uh, Yeah, why don't you i
0: okay. Okay, we're out of time, but we sure okay. appreciate you guys. Hey, it's and our I pleasure. will be coming back talk to you some more about what you're doing and all success so we need to keep keep hope alive and show our folks that we have some people who are succeeding in this city and the state so thank you very much thank you okay we have to take another break
7: why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on link light rail and fly by the gridlock it's a smoother easier stress-free way to get where you want to go whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
6: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concession at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Okay, Claude, Hayward, Eric, thank you all for the day. And we'll talk to you later.